Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage, coming at you live from the Great Pyramids in Egypt, out here in Giza, chilling. You can see the camels behind me over there and the pyramids. So things are going good out here. I'm thriving, living my best life. And, you know, that's that's all you need to know. I hope you guys are out there doing the same, um, getting through these these crazy times that we're experiencing and, you know, making the most of it. It is the 11th of May, 2020, and we are, what are we, like eight weeks? Yeah, yeah, eight weeks into this, this pandemic thing, seven, eight weeks. Weird, weird times for sure. And we're going to talk about some things relating to that and... You know, talk about some other stuff too. Recently, I was on a, a podcast with some of the homies, uh, Andrew and Kyle. They have a podcast called the Babbling On Podcast that I was just featured on the other day. So that that should be coming out soon. I would encourage you guys to check that out. We talk about uh, coronavirus stuff, about my music, um, about growing up, fifth grade fights and things like that, pop culture. We talk about Breaking Bad and all that fun stuff. So I would recommend you go and check that out, Babbling On Podcast. Those are the homies. And then um, you can also visit my website, homagethelionkiller.com, and you can check out my shop there. I got the different merchandise and stuff like that too. Check out my music videos, whatever you're into. And uh, you can find all this stuff there too. So getting right into it. Like I said, we're pretty deep into this whole pandemic situation, whether it's manufactured or not, bioweapon naturally occurring, whatever, kind of insignificant at this point. I mean, it, it is all significant, but the, the, the resulting ramifications of it are uh, what's, what's going to have a lasting effect on people. And of course, if you die from it, obviously, that's a, that's a big deal too. But the economic ramifications are something that's going to affect us all, and in my opinion, this was a this was a big part of of the pandemic, uh, totally restructuring the economy and moving away from the American dollar, away from the petrodollar, onto a new system that seems like it's going to involve something kind of almost like Bitcoin, like a uh, what do they call it? like an electronic currency. So they want to get rid of cash and stuff like that because they want to track every purchase that you can do and all that shit. But let's just talk about the the job losses that are occurring right now. I'm sure many of you watching this have, have lost your jobs or had some sort of, you know, your hours cut or something like that. And for now, it's cool because most people can get unemployment and they're hooking it up pretty fat right now. But then again, if you're a 1099 employee or if you had something you were doing under the table, whatever you know uh, a lot of people don't qualify for that and it's limited they're just printing this money out of thin air it's gonna cause inflation and i don't know man the dollar's becoming worth less and less every day and they're just printing it they're just handing out trillions of dollars it's crazy so you know and then they gave everyone 1200 bucks but they printed a trillion for the stimulus so it's like where's the other 48,000. It would equal to about everyone in America getting like 50 grand and we get 1200 bucks. And the rest of them go to you know the usual suspects, the big people who run the corporations and things like that, but this whole pandemic, it's part of a big a much bigger thing. So, let's talk about the economy for a second. This is an article from Forbes 
uh, published a couple days ago. It says, here's how the coronavirus recession compares to the Great Recession. After the American economy clawed its way back to life in the years following the Great Recession, which was from December 2007 to 2009, unemployment reached a 50-year low, and the stock market saw 11 straight years of gains. But now, with millions out of work and the economy entrenched in another recession caused by the coronavirus, here's how it compares to the earlier crisis. Key facts. 800,000 jobs were eliminated in March 2009 during the height of the Great Recession. About 8.6 million jobs were lost in total during that entire recession. More than 20 million jobs were eliminated last month alone. That's, it's unfathomable how many people lost their jobs, me included. And more than 33 million jobs have been lost since the 2020 crisis began. During the Great Recession, the highest that unemployment rate ever climbed was 10% in October of 2009. The unemployment rate for April clocked in at a staggering 14.7%. The stock market lost about 40% of 40% off its peak value in the Great Recession. The S&P 500 is down just under 14% from its peak in February, though the crisis is far from over. So in comparison to the, to the 07, 08 crisis, this is, this is way bigger. And we're still in the relative beginning of it. I mean, we're only a couple months in. This is going to have lasting ramifications for years. And everyone's talking about the new normal. And they're, they're not talking about my music video, unfortunately. I get no credit. I get no fucking love, man. But yeah, we're, we're supposed to be preparing for this new normal. Everything's going to be different. Even if they, even when they do open these businesses, they're going to have these weird rules. Maybe you'll have to wear a mask all the time. I know hairdressers and stuff, they all got to wear masks. And it's like a muzzle, you know? It's like, it, it's, it's symbolic in a way. And that it's happening in conjunction with, with our loss of freedom of speech, I don't think that's a coincidence. Because... The mask, it's its not even going to stop the virus. The holes are too big. It's like stopping a mosquito with a chain link fence. It's just, it doesn't work. The, the virus is too small. Viruses are very, very tiny. And even in the little holes in the N95 masks that you breathe through, it, it can't stop the virus. And doctors don't even wear that shit it's, it's so, so they don't catch something. It's so they don't infect the wound or whatever they're, they're, they're doing surgery on. But regardless of that, you know, do your thing, wear a mask, whatever. Um, hopefully it does help you. But it's I think it, a lot of this is a symbolic, you know, psychological operation that's going on with with, you know, the lines in the store. You got to you can only walk down the aisle this way and not this way. You know, and everyone's some stores, you all have to wear a mask like in Costco. It's like that. Uh, but everyone's using the same pin pad, you know, that where they use their debit card or whatever. Just weird. In 2008 and 2009, lawmakers passed two stimulus packages worth $700 billion and nearly $800 billion under Presidents Bush and Obama, respectively, which paved the way for controversial bank bailouts. Over the last two months alone, Congress has authorized some $3 trillion in rescue spending to cushion the blow of the virus with more almost certain to follow. Where does that money go? You guys get any of that $3 trillion? 1200 bucks of $3 trillion? Ah, it's not very much. Key background. It's important to remember that there's a critical difference between this economic crisis and what happened during the Great Recession. The Great Recession was a result of financial imbalances starting primarily in the housing sector, writes Louise Shiner of the Brookings Institution. 
this one is from a totally external factor. Yeah, sure it is. Totally external, huh? Uh, starting primarily in the house of uh, totally external factor, the coronavirus disease, COVID-19, but also the unemployment rates for this crisis are almost certainly higher than the reported numbers since the data doesn't take into account workers unable to file claims and those who were laid off uh, but are no longer active looking for work. So the way they can manipulate these numbers just like they do with any statistic and make it seem like less people are unemployed than in actuality because they're probably just going off of how many people like applied for unemployment. But like I said, there's all kinds of people who weren't working to begin with and people who are 1099 employees, uh, small business owners, all kinds of different stuff that would prevent them from being counted in this thing. So it's we're in very strange times. It's like the the agenda and the, the global government thing, just taking away people's freedoms and instituting a more authoritarian regime. It's all just it's going like 110 percent now, just just way faster in this coronavirus war. Like they they keep saying they they're using this wartime jargon, uh, it it's the it's the scapegoat for it and allows them to do things which they would not normally be able to do, because it and if you question it, if you say anything about it and you question the measures that are being taken, or if you decide to go out of your house and go do something, or if you if you open up your business because you need money to to feed your family and yourself and pay rent and stuff you're just a bad person and you don't care about old people they've broken it down to that dichotomy and that that sort of binary thinking where you're just a bad person if you're if you're questioning any of this stuff which is how they do it that's how they did it you know after 9-11 and stuff if you if you questioned you know should we be invading Afghanistan should we be invading Iraq then you're just unpatriotic and you don't like America and and then that's just how they do it you know they make it so so cut and dry, so black and white, uh, Republican, Democrat, black, white, you know, fucking all that shit, and just to to control the narrative, basically. So this is a, a Business Insider article talking about how they're going to use our cell phones to track everywhere we go, supposedly for our own good, uh, in case any of us had coronavirus and we came into contact with with somebody and then we're spreading it and, and killing old people. Um, that's a bad thing. So they got to track everywhere we go. And the smartphone providers, you know, Apple, whatever, Microsoft, AT&T, the people making these things, they're all on board with it. I think they have been since the beginning, in ter- you know, because they're all about the data collection and they sell it to the government or to even corporations and stuff to do targeted advertising. Um, but now it's it's just coming out into the open that they're actually going to use our phone data and our geolocation uh, from our smartphones to track everywhere we go. So we are giving up our rights for that. And a lot of people are probably going to be all about it because it's for your own safety. And when when people are scared, when they're in fear, they... They're more willing to give up their rights, and that's the reason why they frame this in a type of wartime scenario is so they can justify doing all this shit and have people not freak out about it. And just on a side note, um, everyone has been at Dairy Queen lately. Like every day I'll drive by the Dairy Queen, and there's just a line. There's like 20 cars in the line going for Dairy Queen. I think it's because people are scared, and ice cream is like a comfort food. That's my theory. 
But Dairy Queen has been popping since the beginning of this whole pandemic thing. And people are just there all the time. Just getting that ice cream. Getting those blizzards. Served to them upside down. <laughs> so, it's just strange. On a side note. Uh, let's read this article. Business Insider. Compulsory selfies and contact tracing. Authorities everywhere are using smartphones to track the coronavirus. And it's part of a massive increase in global surveillance. Yay! Uh, supposedly there was an image there, but I can't see it. And this was published almost a month ago in April, April 14th. Blah, blah, blah. Governments across the world are availing every surveillance tool at their disposal to help stem the spread of the novel coronavirus. Of course, for your own good, slave. Countries have been quick to use the one tool almost all of us carry with us, our smartphones. You know, I'll even go so far as to say that that computers and smartphones are were military weapons to begin with because all of a sudden everybody has, has them. All our information is in them. You know, they know everybody we talk to, everything we're looking up, all our data. And, you know, that's what they want because if you know everything about someone, it's, it's easier to control them and stuff. You could run uh, simulation scenarios using people's inputted data to see how they would react to certain situations. They really do this. They do wartime uh, simulations on how people will react to terrorist attacks, to whatever. Uh, there's articles about that, but I don't have them with me. It says, Countries have been quick to use the one tool almost all of us carry with us, our smartphones. Governments are also receiving support from private tech companies. Google and Apple announced in April that they were working together to develop an API which could be used by countries, health authorities, in order to build coronavirus tracking apps. A live index of ramped up security measures on top 10 VPN details the countries which have already brought in measures to track the phones of coronavirus patients, ranging from anonym, anonym, anonymized, that's a tough word, anonymized aggregated data to monitor the movement of people more generally to the tracking of individual suspected patients and their contacts known as contact tracing. Samuel Woodham's top 10 VPN's digital rights lead who compiled the index, warned that the world could slide into permanently increased surveillance. That's what this is all about, guys. It's They they want this, man. This is always what they wanted. Just tighten the noose, man, and make it so there's just less and less you can do, less places you can go, less things you can own, less ways of, of generating your own income, because these are all forms of freedom. Being able to drive somewhere and go do something or go camping or whatever or or to to create a business and run your own business and develop your you know like um, accumulate your own income and stuff. These are all forms of freedom that have been being taken away from us, uh, with the justification being this pandemic. And you know people who are small business owners they're pissed off about it. Uh, there was another big demonstration where everyone went down to the governor's house and were like protesting outside of the Nevada governor's house. And then he came out saying he's going to lift certain restrictions and let some businesses resume business, but only at like 50% capacity and you can't sit at the bar. And it's it just all these rules that don't make sense. And the thing that doesn't make sense, uh, in my opinion, one of the biggest weird things is, is how you're not allowed to go camping. You just can't go camping. For some reason, you can go hiking and you can do different stuff like that, but you can't like sleep in a tent outside when you're that's like as isolated as you can be 
You're in the middle of the woods. So this these things that don't add up. You can't go to the skate park. They're filling up skate parks with sand. I mean, come on, guys. It's just it doesn't make sense. It's not about a virus. It's about you. It's about controlling you and your mind and, and manipulating your mind. And that's what's happening, guys. Says without adequate tracking, there is a danger that these new, often highly invasive measures will become the norm around the world, he told Business Insider. Although some may appear entirely legitimate, many pose a risk to citizens' right to privacy and freedom of expression. Given how quickly things are changing, documenting the new measures is the first step to challenging potential overreach, providing scrutiny and holding corporations and governments to account. While some countries will cap their new emergency measures, Otherwise, may retain the powers for future use. That doesn't make sense. There's a risk that many of these new capabilities will continue to be used following the outbreaks. Of course, of course. Uh, this is particularly significant in many, as many of the new measures have avoided public and political scrutiny and do not include sunset clauses. Here's a breakdown of which countries have started tracking phone data with varying degrees of invasiveness. Uh, the U.S. reportedly gathered data from the ads industry to get an idea of where people are congregating. So, so these private ad companies, like like your cell phones, for example, if you're talking about something, like you're talking about getting cat food, and then you're scrolling through Facebook, and all of a sudden there's all these ads for cat food. They've been listening to you, and they collect all of this data. It's just I think there were certain restrictions with with actually supplying that to the government. But they were selling it to corporations and, and different people to do this targeted advertising. And that's what that's all about. Uh, these social media sites are huge with that stuff. So now the government is like teaming up with them to see where everyone's hanging out. And look at all these people not social distancing, breaking the rules, bad people, crowds of people still gathering in, in groups. Ay, ay, ay. Maniacs. So the U.S. is doing it. Sources told the Wall Street Journal that federal, state, and local governments have begun to gather and study geolocation data to get a better idea of how people are moving about. In one example, a source said that said the data had shown people were continuing to gather in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And this information has been handed over to local authorities. Thank goodness. The eventual aim is to create a portal for government officials with data from up to 500 cities. The data is being gathered from the advertising industry, which often gains access to people's geolocation when they sign up to apps. So you know that the terms and conditions that you just scroll through and just say yes? That's where they get all this stuff from. That's why it's like 100 pages long. And, you know, they know no one will ever read it. It's like such fine print. But that's where you sign over all your rights and you, you agree to let them share your information and your data with a third party. And that's how that works. Researcher Sam Woodham says, using the ad industry as a source poses a particular problem for privacy. Working closely with the ad tech industry to track citizens' whereabouts raises some significant concerns. The sector as a whole is renowned for its lack of transparency, and many users will be unaware that these apps are tracking their movement to begin with because nobody reads the terms and conditions, and I don't. It is imperative that governments and all those involved in the collection of this sensitive data are transparent about how they operate and what measures are in place to ensure citizens' rights, uh, the citizens' right to privacy is protected. They're not going to do that. They don't do that. They don't care about your rights. They want to take them from you. 
and all the tyrants are really coming out the woodwork and just they love it man they love making you stay home <laughs> and having you listen to everything they say Ah, so the U.S.'s coronavirus economic relief bill included a $500 million, $500 million for the CDC to build a surveillance and data collection system. Of course. South Korea gives out detailed information about patients' whereabouts. Look at these guys. They look like the Ghostbusters. God bless them. Frontline, frontline heroes. South Korea has gone a step further than other countries tracking individuals' phones and creating a publicly available map to allow other, other citizens to check whether they may have crossed paths with any coronavirus patients. The tracking data that goes into the map isn't limited to mobile phone data. Credit card records and even face-to-face -face interviews with patients are being used to build a retroactive map of where they've been. So, like I was saying, with, with uh, uh, going to... The cashless society, if everybody has to use credit cards and electronic uh, transactions, that's all recorded and they know exactly who's buying what, what you're buying, where you're going. Every, it's all about tracking and surveillance and that's all. it's all about control. It's all about limiting what you can do and taking away your freedoms, which is fucked up. But some people are all for it, man. So not only is the map there for citizens to check, but the South Korean government is using it to proactively send regional text messages warning people that they may have come into contact with someone carrying the virus. The location given can be extremely specific. The Washington Post reported a text went out that said an infected person had been at the Magic Coin Karaoke in Jeongdong at midnight on February 20th. Uh-oh. Man, this is just crazy. Some texts give out more personal information, however. A text reported by The Guardian read, A woman in her 60s has just tested positive. Click on the link for the places she visited before she was hospitalized. Man, yeah, South Korea. Sounds a little bit like North Korea at this point. The director of the Korea Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Jiang Yong Kyong, Acknowledge that the site infringes on civil liberties, saying it is true that public interests tend to be emphasized more than human rights of individuals when dealing with diseases that can infect others. And this, see, you guys got to realize that this is a global thing. It's not just something taking place in America or in a few isolated countries. It's literally all over the world. And I think the leadership in, in most countries... Uh, it attracts a certain personality type that desires power. That's just, it, they go hand in hand, obviously. And they like having more power. They like telling what people to do, or telling people what to do, what to do. <laughs> and they're just all about it, dude. So to, to think that this was something purposely orchestrated just to take down Trump, I think that is a byproduct of it, destroying the economy in an election year. You know, that, that could fuck up his chances of becoming reelected. I still think he will be. Um, or maybe they won't even have elections this year. There's some people who are, who are saying that, that they might, even, might not even be a presidential election. You can still go to Walmart. You can still go to Home Depot. But you can't vote because that would be too dangerous. And as I've said for years, if voting made a difference, they wouldn't let you do it. So... Iran asked citizens to download an invasive app. <laughs> and I like how they do this because they always have to demonize Iran. Uh, when we do the same shit, you know, we're killing people all the time. 
Iran's the bad guys, though, because they don't want to sign up for the agenda. Uh, man wears a protective face mask as he takes picture of blossom trees. How cute. Vice reported that Iran's government endorsed a coronavirus diagnosis app that collected users' real-time location data. On March 3rd, a message went out to millions of Iranian citizens telling them to install the app called AC19 before going to a hospital or health center. The app claimed to be able to diagnose the user with coronavirus by asking a series of yes or no questions. But it's been removed from the Google Play Store. Israel's got new laws to spy on its citizens, of course. So, you know, usual suspects, Singapore. It's all over the world. That's that's what I'm getting at here. Taiwan. Taiwan can, Taiwan can tell when quarantined people have left the house. See, see, they're trying to make it so you can't even leave your own house. Do you realize how, how crazy this is? You could have told this to someone last year and they would be like, they would say, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. They would never do that. But look where we are, folks. And there's still people who are doubting like, <laughs> that the government wants to take away our rights or whatever. Fuck. It's crazy. And like I said, it's a, it's a global thing. So to think this is all something orchestrated by Donald Trump in order to take down the deep state. It's not it, folks. He's part of it. This is all a game, man. They're all playing these roles. So... Man, just crazy. I would highly recommend you guys check out uh, some of these interviews with Dr. Andrew Kaufman where he talks about the origins of the virus theory and, and germ theory in general and kind of goes over where that came from, like who funded it, and how he says that they've never even like isolated a virus to begin with or even proven the existence of an envir- of a virus. And that's that's pretty concerning. So he he attributes it to something known as exosomes, which is a a natural thing that cells do where they like uh, part of them breaks off. And it's a way of reacting to some sort of bad thing in their environment. I don't know. But then again, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not a scientist. (sighs) But that guy is and he seems to know what he's talking about. But what does that matter? They're censoring doctors on the internet for, for talking about what they do. For the, they're literally doing their job and talking about their profession and how they see things. And platforms like YouTube and Facebook, Instagram, whatever, these social media sites are removing them and not allowing them to talk because it doesn't align with their official narrative. And it's ridiculous because YouTube's whole thing was broadcast yourself. We care about what you do. And it's it's not that at all. I mean, wake up, guys. They don't care. Ugh. <sighs> They used to be cool. Used to be a lot of good information on YouTube, but they've really cracked down on what you can find. And of course, you know, it's all for your own good. So, man, just crazy stuff. And of course, we got Bill Gates still pushing his his vaccine thing. Bill Gates can get on any platform he wants and talk about, you know, how he wants to vaccinate the whole population and how we can't reopen the economy. Uh, in full strength until everybody's taken his vaccine that that him and his buddies you know stand to make billions of dollars on and then this this um the tracking and the surveillance you got to realize that there is technology that exists now where you could insert that type of technology into the vaccines there's there's nanobots nanobots are real they're so small you it's almost unfathomable to to understand what these things can do and what they can be used for but 
they're there and <laughs> they I wouldn't put it past them to use this thing and there's a reason they want everyone to take it and there's a reason why they are not wanting to promote things like this which is Madagascar's anti-coronavirus drink made out of herbs and stuff and check out this guy Madagascar's president chugging it they already got cool it looks like tea it probably tastes pretty good they all got it. They're partying, just drinking this tea, saving themselves from the virus. And The Who was pissed about it. Not the band The Who, the tyrannical fucking health organization. Tanzania gets Madagascar's anti-coronavirus drink disputed by who? By who? The World Health Organization, which is a UN branch and just so corrupt. You can't trust any of these people. The CDC, The Who... Any of that shit, man. You always, I would take everything they say with a grain of salt and their advice because they're all in on it. it. Says Tanzania receives first shipment of herbal concoction that Madagascar claims cures COVID-19. But who has misgivings? And this is via Al Jazeera. <sighs> says Tanzania says it has received its first shipment of Madagascar's self-proclaimed plant-based cure for coronavirus, despite warnings from the World Health Organization that its efficacy is unproven. See, it's so funny that they do that, and it's they're so they're just contradicting themselves because they're rushing in this vaccine, this vaccine development, where normally in order to get a vaccine approved for for public usage, it takes years and years to do all the proper testing and all that stuff. But they're, they're just wanting to, to rush it through and just do it as quickly as possible. And Donald Trump has come out there and said, he says, we're going to get this done as quickly as possible. It's going to be the fastest, greatest, best thing ever. And, um, you know, that's all fine when this is like an RNA vaccine that hasn't even ever been tested on anyone. So it could be very unsafe, and it probably is, like other vaccines have been proven to be. But that's fine. They're going to rush it through and, and fucking do whatever they want because their buddies stand to make a shitload of money from it and maybe they can insert some fucking nanobots that have surveillance on everybody. But these people who have a totally holistic, plant-based, herbal remedy that is helping people and apparently it's proven to work, they're saying that they can't do that. Um, but, you know, if you're Bill Gates, you can do whatever you want and you got to listen to him. By the way, check out my shirt. Oh, yeah. Yep, your body, my choice. Shout out to Jim Bob. I had to get, I had to cop it. I had to cop it so I could trigger some people. That's just what I do, folks. So the announcement on Friday came days after Madagascar said it would begin selling the herbal concoction known as COVID Organics and that several... African countries had already put in orders. Tanzania today received the support of coronavirus medicine from Madagascar. Government spokesman Hassan Abbas said on Twitter, the, purportedly remedy, the purported remedy is a drink derived from Artemisia, a plant with proven efficacy in malaria treatment and other indigenous herbs. Last month, Madagascar's president, Andri Rajolina, launched the remedy at a news conference drinking from a sleekly branded bottle filled with an amber liquid, which he said had already cured two people. Madagascar has since been giving away thousands of bottles of this product, developed by the state-run Malagasy Institute of Applied Research to countries across Africa. Earlier this week, 
The East African island nation told the Reuters news agency it would begin selling the drink, which domestically can be bought for around 40 cents. That's 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 pretty cheap. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason they don't want this. It's too cheap. Just like uh, the hydrochloroquine. Too cheap. It works too good. You got to take the virus. Take the robot virus. Along with Tanzania, Equatorial Guinea, Central African Republic, and the Republic of Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Liberia, and Guinea-Bissau have already received thousands of doses of COVID organics free of charge. From what, from what I understand, uh, the virus hasn't been a huge issue in Africa. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I haven't heard much about it there, you know, affecting too many people. But these guys got to have, like, the best immune systems ever, man. It will be used, oh, Liberia's, wait, blah, 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 Liberia's Deputy Information Minister Eugene Fargon said this week there was no plan to test the remedy before distribution. It will be used by Liberians, and it will be used on Liberians, he said, noting that the WHO had not tested other popular local remedies. Madagascar is an African country, therefore we will proceed as an African nation and will continue using our African nerve, African herbs. <laughs> Look at this guy. What's that going to protect, bud? Uh, who expresses misgivings? But the WHO has warned against adopting a product that has not been taken through tests to see its efficacy. Isolated compounds extracted from Artemisia are effective in malaria drugs, the WHO noted, but the plant itself cannot treat malaria. <sighs> blah, blah, blah. They don't care. The WHO wants everyone to take their... their... um the vaccine. Bill Gates' vaccine. So, ah, yeah, yeah. Weird stuff going on. And like I said, just kicking it into high gear ever since this whole coronavirus pandemic situation started occurring. And I, I foresaw something of this nature maybe taking place in the future when I noticed all the stuff that was going down in China and how they had just suddenly locked down all these thousands of people no millions hundreds of millions from what i remember from the headlines back in like january february and it was just telling like dude this is going to spread all over whether or not it's a real virus or whatever they you know the governments of the world seem like they all have a, a very similar goal and that's why you have organizations like the un where they all come together and and plan what they're going to do <laughs> so yeah just crazy stuff crazy crazy stuff yeah, i got a couple other articles we can read but i don't know what else can we talk about well first of all good news let's talk about my album i got a new album coming out called silence's betrayal i've already released a couple songs off of it uh, giving people a taste of, of what it's about, but there's still a lot of music that, you know, for you guys to listen to, and it's it's pretty much all done. I just just finished the the last song. I was I had it done, and I was like, I got to add a couple more songs because I had some stuff I was working on. I was like, might as well put it out sooner than later. So it's really dope. I'm, I'm really proud of it, and it's something that I think people will really enjoy. It's my best stuff ever. So I'm I'm super stoked on it, and that'll be awesome. Uh, I do have a bunch of stuff for sale too, like like merchandise and whatnot on my website, hamazalionkiller.com, that I can get to you as soon as I'm back from Africa, from Egypt. Egypt's in Africa, right? Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm not really there. Maybe I am though. Look at my background. Anyways, 
I did want to show... Eh, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. Let's talk about chemtrails. One of my favorite topics. Um, apparently, they're essential business because they haven't been letting up on that very much at all. I'd seen... During the beginning of the pandemic, it seemed like they were letting up a bit, but now it's it's full strength. Uh, just yesterday and the day before, they were laying out the huge grid patterns, and it's just so obvious what they're doing, and it's amazing that the same government who who is spraying the sky with these chemtrails, which are full of who knows what, you know, Clifford Conicom has has pointed out that they're they have nanotechnology in the chemtrails they're, they're spraying them with harmful heavy metals neurotoxins like aluminum and barium and manganese and all this stuff people have found that in the rainwater tests and it's it's clearly happening it's something you can literally see happening right in front of your face almost on a day-to-day -day basis at least where i live i think it's different in different regions but it is a global thing that's happening and you know they're doing that but they won't admit it Actually, they will come out. They'll talk about geoengineering and how they do have a plan to block out the sun. Harvard scientists have come out and talked about this. And, you know, weather modification is nothing new, but they won't admit how they're manipulating weather on a global scale and, you know, creating these, these crazy storm systems. I mean, you can go back to Hurricane Katrina and see how that was manipulated, how they were seeding clouds to, to, intensify that hurricane and then how many people died because of that or lost their homes all across new orleans and the rest of the south i mean it was it was devastating so this is nothing new and it even goes back to like the early 1900s when they first started in, uh, in experimenting with this kind of stuff you had nikola tesla who created technology to manipulate storm systems and he also said that he could do stuff to like create earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and all this different stuff using electromagnetic frequencies um because Everything operates on a certain frequency, and if you introduce a resonant frequency, you can create some sort of vibration that, I don't know, you do crazy shit. Like I said, I'm not a scientist. I don't have all the data in front of me, but there's some very smart people who are involved in doing that kind of stuff. So the weather can be controlled. It's happening, and uh, you know nobody cares about that. You don't see people wearing masks because of the chemtrails when, you know, that'd probably be the reason to do it because and who knows dude they could literally be spraying fucking coronavirus spray whatever they want and people won't care but they have this invisible disease which is supposedly so deadly but you know, it's like you're seeing people fall dead in the streets but everyone will take all these precautions they'll social distance they won't leave their homes they'll give up all these freedoms but they can't look up and notice how they're spraying the sky on an almost daily basis and, and manipulating these storm systems. It's just blatantly obvious. And we can go back to 9-11 as well. Same government who, dude, just 9-11. Like, there was so much suspicious shit that, was, that went on with that. Uh, Tower 7, Building 7, wasn't hit by any plane. It was like 50-something stories tall. Just suddenly collapsed that afternoon. The attacks happened in the morning at like 9 a.m. Eastern time. And... You know, that building wasn't damaged at all. But then suddenly in the afternoon, it just fell down after Larry Silverstein said to pull it, which is fucking building guy talk for wreck the building. <laughs> uh, it's nuts, but people still believe the government for some reason. They still believe him. And the same people involved in, in those types of events, events like 9-11 and the resulting invasion of the Middle East, because that was the huge justification for that. 
it's the same people, the neocons or whatever. There's still people in decision-making positions who are involved in the coronavirus stuff that were involved in everything that happened, you know, with 9-11 and then after it and all this stuff. It's just, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of, it's really disappointing because if people can't notice that and see that, you know, these people have nefarious intentions and if they haven't woken up to what's actually happening in the world, will they ever, will people ever understand what's happening or, or look into these things or start caring about it? It's tough to say. It's really tough to say. And another thing with with the chemtrails, since it hasn't slowed down, since the um, airlines are supposedly doing way less flights, people aren't traveling as much because because of coronavirus. So I've heard that flights were down by as much as like 80%. So how is it that there's still all these planes in the sky that are creating all these lines, spraying all this stuff? I saw one the other day. It was amazing how much it spread out. Uh, just one little line going across the sky, and then all of a sudden it spreads out like a thousand times bigger than than what it was to begin with. And it's it's just amazing how fine these particles must be in order to to spread out that much. But th- it's not just that. It's it's they call it the pump and dump method or whatever. So you dump the chemtrails and then you pulsate it with. Um, some sort of electromagnetic waves through installations like HARP, maybe even Nexrad or whatever. HARP, I don't think, is the main one. It's just like the the one everybody knows about, but they have these types of installations all over. And you manipulate it with scalar waves, with electromagnetic waves, even with organ technology, whatever. There's a bunch of different uh, tools that they can utilize, and they do use them all, I would say. And, uh, yeah, the chemtrails are like one aspect of that it's just the visual aspect that you can see it now as far as like them being commercial airliners it, it kind of pokes a hole into that whole argument because there aren't as many people traveling right now so why are there still so many planes that are painted like like commercial airliners but they're still you know doing there's like more planes than ever not more planes than ever but there's still a shitload of them and they're still spraying the skies and and doing what they do but there's not as many people traveling. So what, are these just empty planes flying around just because? Why would they do that? Uh, I think that uh, a majority of these flights could be military aircraft, military aircraft or drones. They're, I think they're drones painted to look like commercial aircraft because they're not flying as high as they should be to be regular commercial aircraft. And they're clearly doing these like like grid patterns and, and flipping the switches on and off to spray the chemtrails here, some there. Sometimes they do fucking complete circles. But yeah, they, they do these geometric uh, shapes that will be the most effective uh, method for dispersion of the particulates that they're spraying. And they have to be taking into consideration wind patterns and, and different scientific shit like that, you know, to, to make it maximize the effectiveness of it. So... It's got to be some sort of like drone technology, you know, because so that way you don't got to have all the passengers in there. And it wouldn't make sense if there were if it was just a commercial passenger airline jet going from A to B because they have to go spray in certain areas. You know, what I'm saying I don't does that make sense? Like it they would have to take a big fucking detour 
if if they had to spray this one certain area, you know, and this this guy's going from Kansas to L.A., but they got to go spray something else over here that's out of the way. It, it doesn't make sense because it would be inefficient and and people would be late all the time. They'd start asking questions. So I think it it's the way I would do it if if I was the guy doing this stuff. I would take some drones. They have all the money in the world. They have all the aircraft that they could ever need and all kinds of different technology and stuff to fly them remotely. I mean, we're killing people with drones all over the world. You can fire a missile out of them from, you know, five miles in the sky and, and kill somebody. You can do you can do this with it. You know, I talked to the director of weather modification at the Desert Research Institute who was in charge of the, the drone program used to seed clouds. So this is a fact that they do this. Even in the Reno Tahoe International Airport, I remember walking through the terminal one day and seeing a drone on display inside the airport. It was like a littler one. And then there was a whole thing talking about how the DRI is using these for cloud seeding in the airport right there. So ah, it's in your face. And so I don't think it's illogical to speculate at the possibility of them having full-size airliners that are specifically used for cloud seeding. That are, that are flown by drones or that are drone aircraft flown by people in ground-based installations, whatever, like probably in Nevada because that's where they fly the drones that are in like Yemen killing kids there and Pakistan and shit flown by some people in Nevada. But um, yeah, that way you don't have to keep the pilots quiet. Most pilots don't seem to know anything about it or be concerned about chemtrails in any way, not even meteorologists. You know, people who are trained to look at the sky and... <laughs> See what's happening up there with all that shit. They don't fucking care. So uh, all you can do is speculate. Uh, Scott Stevens thinks about that. He's a he's a meteorologist who's come out and and he talks about weather and stuff and then the connection with, with the chemtrails because he noticed what was going on and started studying it and, and trying to figure out what's happening. So he still does good work. Shout out Scott Stevens. You can find him. He does like a Facebook Live all the time where he, he talks about um, what's going on with the weather, so I would recommend that, but yeah, there's my theory, dude, fucking chemtrails are not uh, commercial aircraft, I think they're painted to look like commercial aircraft, but they're really drones, because one thing, um, it doesn't make sense, they'd be having to take all these detours with all these passengers, because they're spraying in methodical ways, um, in order to increase the dispersion, and they're not flying at the right altitude that a commercial airliner would be flying at, so I don't know. But they look like commercial airliners. They're painting like a fucking Southwest flight or something. That's how I do it, at least. And, man, we could talk about some really crazy shit if we really want to get into it. Which, how long? I'm 46 minutes in. Anybody anybody still listening is, is into some crazy shit. So we'll just talk about what's really happening with, with the chemtrail thing and, and another thing that might be involved in it. Um... They do have the Morgellons disease, and if you guys aren't familiar with what Morgellons is, it was originally discovered because people had these fibers coming out of their skin, and they were like little hairs, and they were like red and blue hairs, and they were really weird, and they would go to the doctor, and the doctor wouldn't be able to identify them, and eventually they started diagnosing these people with some sort of like attributing it to a psychosomatic illness, like it was just all in their head, even though they had physical symptoms. They literally had, like, fibers coming out of their arms. And they tried to brush it off, and the whole medical community classified it as 
just a, a neurosis of some sort of psychological condition or whatever. You know, these people are just fucking nuts. Um, but there were some researchers and scientists who took it seriously and actually did investigation into it. People like Clifford Carnicom and, you know, other people. He's pretty much the only one to my knowledge, but I'm sure there's others. And Elena Freeland writes about this in her books in um, Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And her second book, uh, Under an Ionized Sky, and talking about, yeah, Under an Ionized Sky is what it's called. But what these these things are, these Morgellons things, the fibers are basically like uh, an envelope. It's basically like a carrier for, for a, a payload, which is like a nanobot. It's like a little little smart dust fucking computer that is incredibly small on the nano scale. So very, very, very small. And even to be able to see it, you'd have to have like an electron microscope. That's what they're building. They're building things on this scale now. And they're spraying this shit in the sky because for some reason they want to cover the whole world in these little robots. Why would they want to do that? And they're inside your body. They're in everybody's body. There's a test you can do. It's called the red wine test. And you take a sip of red wine, Merlot or whatever, you know, whatever you fucking like, and you swish it around in your mouth for about a minute. And then you spit it onto a plate or a bowl. And then you can see all these little fibers. And these are the Morgellons fibers. It's like nanotechnology stuff that's in everybody. It's in everybody. Only some people exhibit, uh, uh, like, a, it's pretty much like an allergic reaction. But for the most part, it's harmless and it's just in your body. And, I don't know what the fuck, you know, it's just there. It's just there, but it you can see it, and it's in everybody. And like I said, Chris, uh, Clifford Carnicom calls it a cross-domain bacteria because it exhibits properties of, of an animal, uh, like a fungi, a protozoa, like one of those one-celled organisms, I think it's called. I could, I could forget. I don't know. But they're, they're very strange little things, and most people, they, they don't affect you. But they he's proven that they'll find them flying through the sky and then what they're encompassed in, like the the basically the envelope for the for the package. So that's the package and then it's it needs to be in some sort of envelope to make it fly through the air or whatever, so it doesn't get all fucked up. And they use freeze dried erythrocytes. And what that is is a blood cell. It's a red blood cell. So <laughs> They're spraying out fucking red blood cells in the chemtrails that are full of little nanotechnology Morgellon motherfuckers. And that's some next-level crazy shit that most people probably wouldn't accept and, and would just say that's that's absolutely nuts, but there's people doing that research and proving that that is what is happening. Now, what? why would they want to do that? I mean, think about it. What is the purpose of, of doing something like that? I think... It could have something to do with with like mind control and shit like that, you know? Because if if everyone's brain is well, because because you you inhale this stuff and then once once this little motherfucker is in your body, it self replicates and it like takes over all your body and it can be programmed to target certain areas of the body. And they talk about this, how nanotechnology can be used to treat different sicknesses and illnesses, to do like eye surgeries, um, to do stuff with the brain and target certain like neurons and, and synapses inside of your brain and like latch onto them and fuck with them. So 
if you spray the whole fucking world with this, because if you think about the magnitude of this this chemtrail geoengineering operation, it's bigger than anything that has ever taken place in humanity. It's it's fucking huge, because they're covering the whole world in in this shit. So what is the purpose of it? Is it just to 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 modify the weather, or could there be other purposes too? And there have been like seven different purposes identified, but I think one that is something we should highly consider would be the possibility of like these little, the nanotechnology mind control um, connection. Because if you have little robots that are in your brain that can respond to an electronic stimulus, some sort of uh, electronic wave, then you can fuck with everybody. And then you have the whole installation everywhere. You got all the 5G towers, the cell phone towers, maybe some satellite-based shit. Who the fuck knows what they really have? But you infect everybody with this stuff, and then, you know, then you got them. I don't know. Just just some speculation. There's people who uh, really come out with some compelling information that, that point to something like that happening. Um. But then again, I don't know. It's not like they're going to come out and talk about it. But they do, universities do come out and talk about how nanotechnology can be used to, like, influence the brain and, and do all kinds of shit. And now with with the whole vaccine thing coming on and people talking about injecting nanobots into you and, and messing with your body that way um, – it could be a possibility where just people accept it and they just they just inject it right into you and do whatever they want. Ah, just crazy times we're living in, man. And these are things that are really interesting, in my opinion. I think they deserve to be spoken about. For most people, it's too heavy of a of a topic and they just can't conceive it of it or whatever. It's just I don't know. They don't fucking get it. Maybe I'm just nuts, but this the fact of the matter is that this technology does exist and can be used for nefarious purposes. And given the history of the government and people in power and, and these types of motherfuckers, you know, they could do it. They could do whatever they want. And now we're getting to the point where it's like people are going to be asking for it. They're like, yeah, I'll take that vaccine. I'm scared of the coronavirus. Well, mind control vaccine. Just fucking stick it right in my forehead. <laughs> oh, geez. And then they're going to track everywhere you go. You know, hey, you left your house today for for more than twenty minutes or whatever, and and you went this place and that place. You're in trouble. You don't get to go to the store now or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's read this article. It says, CV nineteen eighty four. U.S. wants Orwellian tracking similar to house arrest funded by HR six 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 six. Isn't that this is literally the name of the bill? Uh, it's t- it's a bill that's was introduced to the House, and it's six six six. And in fact, I think last my last uh, podcast I talked about the Microsoft patent that came out that involved like bio tracking or or a connection between people's like brain waves and shit, and and like Bitcoin or something like that, some sort of electronic fucking currency. I talked about that on the last podcast and it was like 2020 so yeah mark of the beast 666 that's how they do things 9-11 emergency 9-11 call the cops it's an emergency they're, they're blowing up towers because it's a joke man they 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 joke about stuff they're funny guys so 
Yeah, this is from Activist Post. Shout out Aaron Kessel. And yeah, talking about the the another tracking thing. It says several U.S. states are exploring using technology to make sure COVID patients are staying home and adhering to social distancing and self-quarantine rules. Meanwhile, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has stated that he wants all kids to get a microchip tracker when they are born, something that would surely drip down to the rest of the population. Can you believe this, guys? They're coming out and saying it. How long have conspiracy theorists been talking about how they want to do this shit? And now it's here. Now they're coming out because, like I said, it's in full swing. They're, they're amping everything up because they have the excuse to do it. It's a global pandemic. Therefore, you have no rights. A deep dive by Reuters into the issue of using Orwellian technology revealed officials in the state of Arkansas in the states of Arkansas, Hawaii, Kentucky, and West Virginia suggest using GPS-enabled ankle bracelets and smartphone apps to track COVID-19 patients. Various ideas being evaluated for tracking those under mandatory quarantine in response to the COVID-19 pandemic are right now just that, ideas. Hawaii's COVID-19 Joint Information Center said for the, Ro for the Reuters piece published Thursday. We don't want to take away people's freedoms, but at the same time, we have a pandemic. <laughs> that's, that's Isn't that hilarious? Added uh, Amy Hess, Louisville, Kentucky's chief of public services. So we don't want to take away your freedoms, but there's a pandemic. According to Reuters, officials in some states would also use the measures to enforce stay-at-home orders given to arriving air passengers who are forced to abide by a 14-day quarantine. Ankle bracelet tracking is already in place in Kentucky, Reuters further reports. Seven people who broke quarantine rules in Louisville, Kentucky, were court-ordered to wear GPS tracking devices manufactured by Colorado-based Scram Systems, according to Amy Hess, the city's chief of public services. Reuters additionally reports that ankle bracelet supplier Shadow Track Technologies, Inc., President Robert Magaleta, which supplies nearly 250 clients across the criminal judicial system, criminal justice system, even commented that it has had state and local governments inquire about repurposing their tools for quarantine enforcement. So isn't that great? You'll have a little fucking tracker on you that got a buzzer going on. Maybe it'll just shock you. Maybe it'll kill you if you leave the house. Uh, no, actually, it'll probably just fine you. Probably just take your money, and if you don't pay the fine, they'll take you to jail. Or if you do it too many times. However, the company wouldn't name the states that have requested to buy the technology. That's not all. A smartphone app maker, eCell, said they had recently been approached by a state agency that wanted to adopt its detainee tracking smartphone app for quarantine enforcement. Of course, there needs to be funding for the Orwellian COVID-19 tracing technology. That's where House Resolution 6666 comes in. A new bill proposed to fund it all. The Trace Act states it is to authorize the security of health and human services to award grants to eligible entities to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and, as necessary, at individuals' residences and for other purposes. Upwards to $100 billion allocated. It's a lot of money, folks. For your own good, of course. So they steal this money from you. It's not free money. The government doesn't create any money at all. It it steals money. Everything it has, it is stolen. So, oh, dude, my, my camera died. Ah, oh, bummer. Fuck it, I'm going to still talk, though. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that that's just not free money. It's all borrowed on credit, and we're going to have to pay it back. Where it's borrowed from, I don't fucking know. From the Federal Reserve, apparently, which is not even part of the government. They don't create money. Wealth is created through labor, and uh, the government doesn't do that. They steal money. The latest John Hopkins University data on the contagion puts U.S. cases over 1.3 million, including almost 80,000 deaths at the time of this report. The nation's overall population sits at roughly 330 million, so that's still a small percentage of the population infected with the virus. While America is going insane with prospective quarantine surveillance technology, Israel takes the cake when it comes to surveillance. The country already implemented tracking of cellular communications, giving itself authority. Now Israel's prime minister has suggested microchipping kids to keep their distance, treating them like a car alarm. Yes, really. So this is really what's taking place, folks. Huge moves, man. Just, they don't give a fuck about you, man. You're just a sheep that needs to be tracked. Even our kids, man. You're going to let them do this to your kids? Nah. While speaking at a press conference, Jerusalem Post reports that Netanyahu suggested the health ministry use microchip technology to help Israel adjust to its new routine as the state is lifting the coronavirus lockdown. That is, technology that has not been used before is allowed under the legislation we shall enact, Netanyahu stated. I spoke with our heads of technology in order to find measures Israel is good at, such as censors. For instance, every person, every kid, I want it on kids first, would have a sensor that would sound an alarm when you get too close, like the ones on cars. What? Are you fucking kidding me, man? That's nuts, dude. It will be hard to do it to more than a million school children who return to their educational institutions in order to ensure one student sits at the distance of two meters from another. It is fictional and dangerous, cyber resilience expert Einat Mirren told Enet. So, they're going to... They're going to chip all these kids <laughs> and make it so they can't with it, get within six feet of each other? This is ridiculous, guys. It's getting too far out of hand because this shit isn't going to go away after this pandemic goes away. You understand that? Because any time could, there could be a resurgence, it could come back worse than ever. Fuck, guys. Now wake up, man. Theoretically, I get the idea behind it, but although such distance-sensitive microchips exist in vehicles, it is different in humans, according to Mehran. A beeping sound telling me I got too close to someone is not enough. Who says it will change anything? I would have gotten closer either way, so, so maybe they want to shock you or, or do something like that. Israel currently has a total of 254 deaths and 16,000 confirmed coronavirus cases, according to Johns Hopkins' map at the time of this report. Do you realize how insignificant that is and and how they're manipulating the data? So it, it could maybe these 200 of these deaths had fucking stage four lung cancer. They're, they're really classifying these types of situations as COVID deaths because they get more money for it. And they were actually told to do that. So the data has been being manipulated. And even if it wasn't, it's not significant enough to justify these types of measures that they're, they're putting in place. It's just absolutely, it's almost unfathomable how they're doing this shit. It's nuts. Activist Post has previously told readers that COVID-19 would go down in history as COVID-1984 due to the measures being put in place that will last generations. Specifically, Activist Post warned about smartphone tracking. According to Top 10 VPN, which is tracing implementation of surveillance technology by constantly updating their blog post about it, 
28 countries have implemented contact tracing apps. Alternative digital tracing, uh, alternative digital tracking measures are active in 32 countries. Physical surveillance technologies are in use in 10 countries. COVID-19 related censorship has been imposed by 16 governments. So you really, you dumb fucks really think this is Donald Trump like taking down the deep state or, or the Democrats taking down Donald Trump when it's happening all over the world simultaneously? Are you guys that fucking simple? This is way bigger than that, man. It's about locking down the whole world. <sighs> when activist posts originally reported on the digital right groups list, there was only a total of 15 countries which had already started measures to track the phones of coronavirus patients, ranging from anonymized, damn, I suck at that word, anonymized aggregated data to monitor the movement of people more generally to the tracking of individual suspected patients and their contacts known as contact tracing. Now there are 28 countries that have implemented tracing, contact tracing through smartphone apps. That's a significant increase in just a month's time. Activist Post also expresses that also express that measures being put in place now will likely remain long after the pandemic has stopped and the virus has run its course. That's the everlasting effect that COVID-19 will have on our society. The coronavirus is now classified as a pandemic by the World Health Organization, and it may very well be a legitimate health concern for all of us around the world, but it's the government's response that should worry us more in the long run. I agree with that, you know, but I'll even go so far as to say that I don't know if this is a, a real a real virus or whatever. <laughs> How can you tell when they lie about everything, literally lie about everything? So I don't know, guys. Just hope you're you're staying sane out there and keeping yourself in a good headspace because your thoughts, which you decide to describe your reality with, have a huge effect on how you feel and and if you're thinking, I don't know, if you're in a, in a, if you're in a place of fear, then it's not good. <laughs> it's not good for you. It's not good for your brain to be scared all the time. So don't do that. And I'll leave you with that. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for listening. And, you know, keep up with me at homagethelionkiller.com. You can follow me on Instagram, H0MAGE. And that's that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good one. Peace out.